Hello, I'm Scott Millis, senior pastor here at Living Word Family Church, and I'd like to welcome you to our podcast. We want to thank you for joining us today, and we hope that today's message encourages you and equips you in your walk with Christ. Here's today's message. Welcome to the upper room. Here we are again, talking about the love of Christ that's in our hearts and how much we love him. I've been talking about victorious living. In fact, that's probably the theme of everything I I preach or I teach is uh, how to live in victory because uh, we can only live in victory in one way and that's through Christ. And that's what Paul said over in Corinthians. He says, now thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. How many of you want to walk in victory? How many of you want to walk in the presence of God and the power of God? Well, in order to do that, you got to do certain things. We've talked about different things like don't worry and uh, how to, uh, Christo, uh, Christian living. But uh, we also talked about last couple of weeks, we've been talking about walking in love. Mighty important, <laughs> vital to what we do in this life. And, you know, uh, we say we love God, but when we don't walk in, in what he tells us to walk in, how do we really love God? Or, or uh, how do we love our neighbor as ourselves? That's one of the great uh, commandments as far as... As far as the scriptures goes, it's the greatest commandment. What is the greatest commandment? Well, in Matthew 23, it says, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And that's Jesus. That's the master talking there. It's not somebody else. It's him. And it's like, well, that sounds good, but how do you do that? Well, there's certain things you have to do. Now, over in uh, 1 Corinthians 13, which I want to finish up today and and talk about a a few other things, but... uh, we started talking about that, and Paul said he's talking about the gifts of the Spirit in, in chapter 12, and he then he goes right in from there, because, you know, human nature is human nature. If you walk in, in gifts, and you could, you could have all these gifts and, and, and build yourself up and think you're somebody, but Paul says, hey, if you're going to have these gifts, this is what you have to do. Now, right in the middle of chapter uh, uh, chapter 12 and 14 is 13. That makes obvious, doesn't it? But it's, it, that's the love chapter and it tells us what the love of God is. And so, and he says this, though I speak with the tongues of men and angels, but I have not love, I have become a sounding brass or a clang, clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. And though I have bestowed all my goods to the poor and to feed the poor, and though I may have my body to be burned, but I have not love, it profits me nothing. He said, if I have all this stuff, all these gifts, all this ability, all this knowledge, all this uh, things, and I'm doing even good works, I mean, (laughs) giving to the poor and feeding the poor, but I don't have it in, uh, have love and I don't do it in love, then I have nothing. I have, it profits me nothing. If you want to profit in God, how many of you want to profit in God? You want to profit in life and you want to profit in the, in the life of the kingdom or in your life in the kingdom. But uh, and now it goes on to say love, the, the next four uh, chap, or verses here, love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy, Love does not parade itself. Love is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never 
fails. You know, it goes on to say, but where there is prophecies, they will fail. Where there are tongues, they will cease. Where there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when he, when that, when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away with. In other words, we're waiting for the one perfect. Now, some have called the Bible the perfect. Now, Jesus is the perfect when he comes. And it goes on to say, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. You know, sometimes <laughs> uh, that's hard to do for people sometimes. We have something called uh, uh, talking the other day with somebody. And we're talking about uh, people 35, 40 years old, and, uh, especially men <laughs> that don't want to take responsibility. They call that extended adolescence. Uh, people that don't want to take the men that don't want to take responsibility for their families or or if they have a family or their children or any kind of thing they want they want things given to them they want to have what they want that's a selfish attitude but that's what when when Paul says when I was a child I spoke as a child I understood as a child I thought as a child but when I came a man I put away those childish things childish thoughts childish ideas a childish way of living took responsibility amen goes on to say, for now we see in part dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I am known. And now abide faith, abide faith, hope, and love. These three, but the greatest of these is love. Now, we talked about a number of these the other day, or last week, but we're going to start on uh, love believes all things, is completely trusting, always eager to believe the best, how many of you want to believe the best about, about somebody else, about, well, even about God? You know, there are a lot of people confused about who God is. They, some people believe that God brings all, you know, he controls everything in life. You know, it, whatever happens is he's brought it to pass. Well, that's not true. We live in a fallen world now and there, things happen because we have an enemy called Satan. And you got you to gotta be able to differentiate really, real quick, whether it's, God doing something and whether it's the enemy doing something. Now, I can tell you the, the, the theology we heard a man say one time, it's a good theology to me. Good God, bad devil. Yeah. <clears throat> that means the bad things that's happening, you know it didn't come from God because he's, a, he's an ever-present help. We heard that Sunday with Pastor Scott preaching on it. Ever-present help in times of trouble. It's, it, that's what he is. That's what uh, he's... Whatever you get in trouble, and, it, and those things happen. You know, it, the Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust. In other words, we're living in a world where bad things happen even to good people. But thanks be to God who always leads us in victory and causes us to have in triumph and victory in Christ Jesus. In other words, he'll take us through what we need to go through. Whatever comes our way. And know this, when something bad happens, it isn't God, but he can, he can get us out of the trouble. Amen. So we believe all things. Is ever ready to believe the best? How many of you want to believe the best about somebody else all the time? You know, uh, Brother Hagen was known to do that. Brother Hagen walked in love. Uh, I heard his son one time in an interview, Pastor Ken, talk about one of the things that uh, his dad was known for more than anything else as a family. He always walked in love. You know, and he said, I don't know if it was him personally or somebody else. I think it was him personally. Somebody had died and they weren't a very good person. <laughs> and, 
But when he went to the funeral and they asked him about something about him, he's, and, and, and Brother Hagin just said, I think it was Brother Hagin, might have been somebody else, I don't want to misquote this, but said, oh, he always had a, I don't know, just something, it didn't sound like pretty eyes or always, you know, always had this found something good about somebody that was not very good. And listen, we need to look for the best at all times. Uh, love sees and understands the circumstances and accepts and forgives and believes the very best about a person. Amen. I, you know, it's so easy, and especially the world we, in the culture we live in today, to look around and begin to draw, um, uh, uh, be critical about certain things and be critical rather than praying for somebody and believing the best for them. Because listen, we were all sinners. We all needed a savior. We are, maybe we didn't go down the road of, of uh, violence and, and uh, uh, you know, what we call uh, real sin because all were sinners and needed a savior, right? But we look at somebody and make judgments about them real quick without even knowing them or without even knowing their circumstances. You know, and we need to, we need to be a per, a people that, that is trusting and, and forgiving and believes in others. You know, how many people, I think about the people in my life when I was growing up and, and in my life before I knew the Christ, how many people prayed for me and believed in me and said, hey, my, I knew my parents, but there were others that came alongside and did the same thing. And, and we're trusting and believing in, hey, this, this, he can turn his life around in Christ. But here's one of the scriptures. It says, Ephesians 4.32, And be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God, for Christ's sakes, has forgiven you. Amen. Amen. You want forgiveness? Forgive others. Amen. Because if you don't, the scripture says, Jesus himself said, your heavenly Father will not forgive you. Amen. Another scripture is Colossians 3.13. Forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do you do. Amen? We're to forgive others. Now, I've said this before, probably said it on here. That doesn't mean you trust everything. <laughs> you know, that doesn't mean you, you know, when somebody is, is, is not responsible and living right, doesn't mean you, you give them anything they want, but you can give them love. That means you pray for them. You, you explain to them about, hey, God has a better way for you and better without bringing condemnation. You know, God doesn't bring condemnation. He brings conviction. That's what we want the center to have. That's what we need to have is conviction that, hey, we're not doing what we should be doing, right? Love hopes all things. It never ceases to hope. It expects the good and eventually triumph and to gain the victory. And now we're talking the Bible hope. You ever think about Bible hope? It's, it's not something, well, I'm wishing and hoping for something to come to pass. No, Bible hope is a great expectation that God can bring to pass what he's already said in his word. That's what, that's Bible hope. That's the kind of expectation we should have. Really, it's an expectation we should have every day, but especially when we come together, that God will do what he said he would do in our midst. And you know what? God, that's why we need to be in church. We need each other because that's a commandment that God has said. And we get together and there's a corporate anointing of God. And we expect God to show up, as we would say. Now, when we say show up, he's always with us if we know him wherever we go. But he hasn't always manifest himself to us. And that's what we want. But it says, hopes all things for the victory. It refuses to accept failure. 
How many of you know it's so easy sometimes to, to talk failure, to act in failure, and look around ourselves and say, well, this is never going to happen. This isn't good. Nothing's ever good. We need to get away from that. You know, it's so easy. <laughs> Satan wants you, wants you to get into that mode where you're talking down, you're talking negative, you're talking lack, and you're talking failure. But God doesn't want us to do that. Here's what else it says. It always hopes for the best and for the ultimate triumph of good, no matter how fallen, how tragic the fall, or how difficult gaining the victory may seem. Wow, that's pretty heavy stuff, isn't it? <laughs> always hoping for the best, always expecting the best. You know, we, we talk about miracles. There are people in this congregation that need some miracles. You know, we know that. And well, you know what? We should say, this could be the day. That's the expectancy. Well, I, some people say, I don't know if that's ever going to happen. We haven't seen it yet. Well, listen, God's still working, working in our behalf. He's not forgotten us. And we have to say, Lord, this may be today that you're going to do a mighty work in, in the people we're expecting a miracle in. Amen? Amen. So we have to go along with those things. Hopes all things, expects all things, good things. What am I talking about? What the Bible says, the promises of God, which are yes and amen to those that love Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. Endures, love endures all things. The word endures is a military word meaning to stand against the attacks of the enemy. Love actively fights and endures all attacks. Love is strong, full of fortitude and fight, and, it's, and struggles against any and every assault to buckle into being unloving. Love conquers and triumphs, always become because it endures all things. No matter what attack attacks love, named or unnamed, it endures the attack and continues to love. Amen. That's this is what we're talking about walking in love. Now, I'll be honest with you. I don't do this I I don't fulfill every one of these every day, but you know that should be our goal. That should be our goal to get better at it, to, to practice it. Do you ever think about practicing something? You know, we practice things. If you want to be good at something, you got to practice it. You got to put on love. You got to say, hey, Lord, I want, I, I'm believing and I'm going to endure all things. What's that mean? He just said it is a word meaning to stand against the attacks of the enemy. That's you're enduring, you're standing. You're not, you're not giving up. You're not backing off. You're not give, giving up maybe on a person or on the circumstances around you that they won't change. God can change a circumstance just like that, but you've got to believe him. That's faith, my friends. Right. Faith is, is saying, believing in your heart that God has already said what he would do and then begin to say it with your mouth. Well, if you're going to endure all things, you've got to begin to speak out things like, Lord, I'm thankful. It just, it has, I haven't seen it yet, but I know it's coming to pass. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm going to trust you and, and in the midst of all that's going on. Over in uh, James 1, 12, it says, Blessed is the man that endures temptation or trials, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Wow. A crown of life to those that love him. You know, it's so important <laughs> that we walk in love. Now, it talks down here about love never fails, never ceases, never vanishes. You know, God has never ceased to love us, even if we're out walking our own way. Isn't that right? He's never ceased. Love endures and lasts forever. That's why he said in the last, faith, hope, and love, and the best or the greatest of those is love. It never, it never passes away. 
And then he talks about love is perfect and complete. Do you ever think about that? Love is perfect and complete. This is what the commentary says. Maturity of behavior. While on earth, all men and man and is, and is possessed, his abilities, knowledge, and being all are as a child. Man is just as immature and imperfect, no matter what areas of the life is being considered. However, the day of maturity is coming when the day, that day shall set aside all childishness, understanding, and thoughts and become a mature man, a perfect man. What's that mean? When that day is like, it's, it's when you begin to walk in love. When you begin to walk in love. You know, it's hard to, it's hard to walk in love if you don't know love. <laughs> Amen? If you don't know God, who is love? Now, love is being face-to-face -face with God. It's perfect consciousness and knowledge of God. One present relationship with God is comparable as to reflection we have see through a dark uh, mirror. Well, so we have to know that love is is knowing God. How many of you know it's important that we know God? Now, over I want to talk to you just for a moment about about uh, knowing and loving Him. Amen. It's just so important. You can't love somebody else. You say you love God and don't love your brother and hate your brother. You don't know love. So we have to know what the love of God is. Now, over in 1 Corinthians, it's back here a little bit, chapter 8, and in verse eight, or chapter 8, verse 1 through 3, it says this. It says, Now concerning things ordered to the idols, we know that we all things, we all have knowledge. Knowledge puffs up. How many of you know knowledge puffs up? Knowledge of worldly things. You know, right now, uh, how many people look down upon others because they have a degree in such and such, or they have a lot, little more knowledge in something? Even in, excuse me, even in the Christian community, uh, we can we can get uh, puffy and puffed up because we know a little bit more than somebody else. We shouldn't look down on somebody because they don't know. Ignorance is not stupidity. It's ignorance is just you don't know. But the truth of the matter is, we can know. And when Paul wrote this, he also wrote Ephesians. And in chapter one, he says, I pray that you have a spirit of revelation, wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of what? Of him. This is where we need knowledge is in him. But if you're not careful, you can get knowledge. A lot of Christians today have a lot of knowledge. It's like, uh, uh, I know something about him, but do you really know him? That's the most important thing. That's where the love of God comes from, out of the love that he's placed in your heart by the, by the Holy Ghost. So we have to know that. And it says, and, but love edifies. What's, what's that mean? It means it builds up and, and, uh, and it's, it's ready to do, the, uh, it builds somebody up rather than tear somebody down. How many of you know it's easy to get into conversations and start tearing down things rather than building them up? And Lord, uh, the, we shouldn't be that way. We ought to allow the Lord to work through us and say, no, you know, just when I read some of those things about helping others and loving others and forgiving others, that's building them up when you do that. You know, kindness and loveness. And goes on to say, and if anyone thinks he knows anything, he knows nothing, yet he ought to know. But any, if anyone loves God, this, is, this one is known by him. Wow. Known by him. How many of you want to be known by him? You say, well, God knows everything. He knows everything about people. 
but he, he doesn't know you personally. That's, that's what it's saying here, known by him. He knows you personally, have a personal relationship with him. Amen? Amen. It's like a husband and a wife that get to know each other intimately, you know, and, and what, what is that? They know one another. They, they have fellowship with one another. They should anyway, and, and, and they love one another. Well, this is what God wants. I can know a lot about somebody and not really know them. I mean, we know we do that with entertainers and with sports, uh, uh, sports idols, sports people, and and even government people. And you know, uh, we're talking. I was talking to Matt uh, earlier about uh, about the governor uh, gubernatorial race, and they're coming out with all these advertisements, and one says this about. A person, and they that person turns around and says this about them, and and they go back and forth, and it's like he said, we don't know what to believe about these people. Why? Because we really don't know them. We just know what they've said about them, right? Well, we can. Get, God doesn't want us to be that way. He wants us to know Him, and it says when we love Him, we, He He will we will be known by Him. In other words, He'll know us, and we'll know Him. But here's the thing: if you say you love God. <laughs> And you don't do what he says to do, do you really love God? If, he, if you love God and you hate your brother, we read that a while ago, do you really love God? No, you don't. So you have to consider these things. I'm not saying uh, you know, that you don't. I'm just saying you have to consider it. We always have to check ourselves. Always have to check ourselves. Am I walking in love or am I walking in uh, something other than love? And you want to get to know somebody, you got to spend some time with somebody, with them. You got to spend time in the word. You got to spend time in prayer. You got to spend time with the brothers and sisters, because that's what he said. Do not forsake the assembling together of yourselves as that day draws near, which is the, the day of his return. So if you can make it to church, you want to get there as much as many, much as often, as often as you can. As one man, or what I used to say, and somebody else younger than me said it now, well, how uh, when, you, when you go to church, anytime the doors are open that we have service, that's the time to go, right? So as often as you can. Now, you, I want to go on and talk a little bit more about that. Love, the great acts of love. Love suffers long. You know, it really is. It does suffer long. But knowledge, you know, as I said, knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. I want to speak a little bit about that. Paul says that he knows that an idol is nothing, neither is food anything, except those issues that clearly show his love, God's love. Uh, knowledge is only uh, partial. No matter what a, a person thinks he knows, he is incomplete. Man is totally incapable of knowing anything in its fullness and to totality. And, uh, but we can get to know love. Love unites a person to God. If a man loves God, he is known and accepted by God. He is not accepted by God because of knowledge and rational positions. How do you get to know him? You spend time with him. It says, here's one scripture. It says in 2 Timothy uh, 2.19, Nevertheless, the foundation of God stands sure, having this seal. The Lord knoweth them that are his. We just talked about that in, in 1 Corinthians 8. 8. It also, and we know... We're known and believe the love that God has, hath, has to us. God is love, and he that dwells in love dwells in God, and God in him. Amen. Now, we're talking about walking in love. How can you walk in love, true love, if you don't know the one that gives you love, right? 
This is, this is so obvious. And how do we get to know that? Oh boy, I don't know if you've known. I've known a few people in my life that the love just exudes out of them. I mean, they just love people. Love God and love people. And you know, this is what we, these are the people we ought to follow after. You know, uh, imitate me as, as I imitate Christ or I follow Christ, as what Paul said. We need to imitate people that had the love of God in their heart and know how to love others and know how to love God. And we know, have known and believed that the love that God has for us, God is love and he that dwells in love dwells in God and God in him. And that, that's 1 John 4, 16. And here's 1 John 4, 20. If, if a man says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar for he that loves not his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God who he has not seen? So we have to know that. If we're gonna walk in love and in vict victorious, victorious living, we have to walk in the love of God. And listen, my friends, we can do that. God has not put anything out there in this book that we and said, now you can't have it. No, he says he makes a way where there seems to be no way through Christ that we can come to know these things. Keep yourselves in love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ until eternal life. That's in Jude 21. We're to look to the things of God. We're to, we're to trust God and we're to love God. Amen? This is, this is so vital today. The, what the world needs now is what? Love. We know that. But we're not talking about the carnal love, the, what people call love in the world. You know, I mean, people call uh, that have illicit relationships, oh, that's love. They love, or uh, some of the things that are going on in our gender and everything else today. And oh, if you really love them, you just let them go ahead and be what they wanna be and do what they wanna do. Well, that's not love, my friends. But we can't look down upon them and say, you know, and get critical and get harsh about people. We gotta begin to let God work through us to bring people to us, uh, to, the, to him through us, amen? And, and how do we do that? We gotta be like, what's the, the bug zapper, the light that draws the, draws the bugs, draws the, the people. We gotta be like that with the love of God. Listen, if you begin, if you have ought against any, if you have a, a unforgiveness against any, if you're having a hard time with that, ask the Lord to help you tonight. Say, Lord, help me to forgive so-and-so. Help me to walk in the love of God. Help me to be the kind of person that will draw others to Christ. In Jesus' name, I hope you can do that. I trust that you will do that because this is important. If we want to live in victory, and, and I know all of you do, that you're listening to this message tonight, as, as well as myself, then you got to do certain things. Got to do certain things. Got to put the word of God in your heart and let it come out of your mouth and begin to walk in it. Uh, James said, be a doer of the word and not a hearer only, deceiving your own selves. And we don't want to deceive ourselves, do we? We want to have the love of God working through us towards others in Jesus' name. Amen. You agree with that? Well, let's pray. Time's about gone. Father, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you that it's not, Lord, you said knowledge puffs up, but the relationship we really need is not the knowledge of you and walking in love and the things of God, putting forth all that you said in your word in our lives so others might come to know the saving grace, the saving knowledge, and the love that you so freely give. You don't withhold any good gift from any of us as long as we come to you and do ask you and do what you tell us to do. 
He said, you'd, we'd be your friends, Jesus. That's what Jesus said. If you do what I command you to do, you'll be my friends. I call you friends. I used to call you servants, but now I call you friends when you do what I command you to do. And one of the greatest commands is the greatest command. Love the Lord with all your heart, soul, and mind, and your neighbor as yourself, which is the great, great, great command. So we thank you that we can do that, and we just give you praise that it will become a reality in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Good to be with you tonight, and we'll see you next week. Don't forget, have a great Memorial Day weekend, and um, look to God and see you on Sunday if you can be here. Amen. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you enjoyed today's message, consider sharing it with a friend. For more content and information about Living Word, check out our website, at livingwordfamily.org. And remember to live the gospel and preach the gospel.